And now I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by former Mayo manager and current Offaly boss, John Mohan. John, you've been in preparation and I suppose spent times on the sideline for many Connacht finals yourself. How is it going to be like this time coming in as an outside observer to what is Mayo's first Connacht final in five years? Yeah, wet and windy, unfortunately, in the middle of November isn't uh, the time of the year you associate with the Connacht finals. And uh, it, that will have a huge bearing. It, I, I think it'll make a bit of a lottery of the game tomorrow because I think the forecast is bad. And uh, I would have given um, Mayo huge favourite tags going into the championship encounter tomorrow. But because of the weather condi- conditions, I think it'll bring both teams a lot closer. And I think uh, it's all two of the best of times at the venue that uh, it's always very, very windy. And apparently it's going to be a lot worse than it is this afternoon. So that'll have a huge bearing on the game, on the game creeping. Hugely significant as well. You mentioned there the storm that I think is, is brewing. It's never usually a calm without incident weather day in Salt Hill. So I suppose we will have to be able and ready for that. Do you expect James Horne's side to line out as named? I do. I, I, I think that's his uh, best 15 that's uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, I think there was no surprise when we saw some of the Order heads coming in um, um, against, uh, not necessarily against Leitrim, uh, but the last day against Roscommon, Kevin McLaughlin, Chris Barrett, uh, Jim O'Connor uh, back after maybe being rested or whatever. So I, I think you've got the best 50 now um, out of the question then of uh, identifying who's going to uh, pick up the likes of Shane Walsh. I mean, if he plays on the inside line, you'd expect the likes of Lee Keegan. If he plays on the half forward line, someone like Paddy Dirk, and he's their. Their talismanic uh, um, player. He's uh, without Damien Comer. He's obviously the, the guy that will attract a lot of Mayo's attention uh, tomorrow afternoon. And I feel if they nullify the likes of him, uh, you know, and obviously there are a few other uh, goal players. Ian Burke is, a, is another tricky little customer. His conditions might necessarily suit the likes of his style of football. But uh, no, I think uh, I, I think we have a great chance. I think. Um, Galway obviously are coming into this uh, championship uh, final. It's rather strangely without a championship game under the belt because of the situation Sligo found themselves in. And they came, uh, they're coming into on the back of a, a, a drubbing from Mayo in the National League in Tume by 15 points and a subsequent uh, defeat to Dublin. So you know, they've had a very little uh, um, to benchmark. And I know uh, before I joined, made six or seven um, changes for tomorrow's game from those uh, that last National League game. So they're in a very, very difficult situation. I think that championship sharpness and edge that you get, you get from playing championship football won't be with Galway. So I'd still have to say that, I mean, Mayo uh, this year, not having won a Connor final in five, not having beaten Galway in championship football in that time. So I think tomorrow it's about time we put down a marker and I expect we will. From a manager's perspective, John, would you rather be in Pork's Joyce shoes or James Horan's with Joyce having just simply to put up a few articles on the dressing room door looking for motivation is not going to be hard after that heavy defeat in Tume just a few short weeks ago or would you rather be James Horan trying to build upon what has already been quite a successful few weeks I'd rather be going into this uh, um, final um, managing Mayo I think managing Mayo are in, um, a better team right now I think the form after Covid despite being relegated has been very very positive and very very good and that defeat to Tyrone could easily have been won. It's not a disaster being relegated. I know that rather, and everybody watching their games would rather see Mayo playing against the top teams in the country. But um, no, we, 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 there's been an incremental improvement in our performances right throughout. And uh, I suppose the big performance and the result was the, the, the heavy defeat um, um, we gave to Roscommon. Now, we won it on a scoreline 
registered a six-point victory, but it felt more like a 15-point victory. We were that much in control of the game. Uh, I didn't see it live. I, I listened to it on the way down to uh, Port East last, um, uh, last weekend, but uh, having watched it back um, after the game, like, I mean, Mayo were completely in control. And there's a couple of guys that have returned to a rich vein of form. I mean, the, the talk on the street is people haven't seen Killian O'Connor as fit or as fresh, and his work ethic has improved beyond recognition. Um, that's something that's happened more or less overnight. He's right back in into a rich vein of form. And Lee Keegan looks sharp and well. And the form of Paddy Druck in the, um, the last day, I mean, picking up Smith, uh, who is arguably Roscommon's best in Smith, that is um, his Roscommon's best footballer. But he rubbished him uh, with an unbelievable uh, performance of top quality football. And his pace and his intensity and his just his general know-how uh, is far superior than I think than any. Galway players have displayed in recent times and I just feel there's greater cohesion there's a greater balance to the Mayo team right now and uh, as I say Paul Joyce on the other hand will be scratching his head not quite sure what his best 15 is because as I say that drubbing they got from Mayo in tune certainly will be haunting him a little bit and no matter how good training is you never ever replicate the intensity that you get in a championship encounter irrespective of who the opposition is do you think that was shown by Roscommon as well? They never really seemed to match Mayo's intensity. And likewise, James Horne's men looked like they had a few extra gears they could have gone to if things had become in any ways tighter. Is that something Galway yeah. fans would fear coming in so undercooked without that semi-final against Sligo? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we went into the Roscommon game with the championship victory under our belt was very, very important. And uh, it was a... Uh, um, a comprehensive victory up in Carrick and Channel, but nonetheless, it was a championship football, and it, it afforded the opportunity to get in um, football in the likes of the the Ryan Dunhoes, the Oshin Mullins, as the uh, um, McLaughlin, and these boys. Um, so uh, Mark Bourne. So they're all young young players who are coming in, which is very very encouraging from the male perspective. You know, we always talk about transition and transition, and but we we have transitioned, and I think I, I don't know how many players we managed to uh, give. Uh, um, debuts to in this year's championship so far, having played two games, which is very, very encouraging. A lot of them are very, very able players. So, you know, you know, it's nice to see like Connor Loftus uh, returning to some of the form that we witnessed when he was an under-21 player and a minor. Um, he's he began to set in at midfield. So, there's a lot to be to, to look forward to from a male perspective. You know, despite the fact the likes of the Keith Higgins hasn't got any game time, Chris uh, or um, Boyler is still, I think, out injured, or I'm not quite sure if he's not talking tomorrow, but. You know, we've lost Donny Vaughan. Um, it appears we've lost uh, Shamie O'Shea, but I, I'm not quite sure if he's talking out tomorrow or not. I don't think he is. But there's been that kind of a transition over to some of the newer players, which has been very, very encouraging. And uh, no, I have to say, Mayo are playing with a greater balance and a greater cohesion, and we have appear to have a little bit of depth in our squad as well, which is good. Would you see parallels to this current Mayo setup with the blend of youth and experience to your own Mayo team of 96? When you came in, there was a lot of old heads and a lot of new players that were brought through. Nobody gave yeah, Mayo a chance and yeah, got to the final. Yeah, it's very, very hard. It's very, very hard to, to uh, draw parallels because the game has changed so much. I mean, the whole thing has gone, it has, they, they, it's gone very, very defensive um, and the structures of the games and the goalkeeper now is such a critical component of the modern inter-county game. And, you know, we've seen some uh, some performance from our goalkeepers now that have absolutely uh, transformed teams. And, uh, no, I think we have a great chance. I think if we're lucky enough to be a goal tomorrow, which I, I expect we will, it won't be as comfortable as I would have been, um, and certainly won't be as comfortable as our, our victory over them in the league. But I do expect us to win us with a couple of points to spare. 
Uh, I do expect Cork will beat um, um, Tipperary, even though they mightn't have it all their own way. But I think the the, the Cork team that beat Kerry, they're better than the actually the conditions against Boyd that game last weekend. But I think Cork should overcome Tipperary in the Munster final. And that would see a, a Mayo uh, Cork. I know I'm jumping ahead of myself here now, but that would see Mayo play Cork in the Northern semi final. And I tell you, that's the one one game I would be really, really worried about. I would be really concerned about that. Cork have a lot of talented footballers and they could make it very, very awkward for Mayo um, or to get to that, get to an Ireland semi-final. But if we do, you could have asked for a better uh, um, pathway to an Ireland final. You'd rather play Cork in the semi-final than Kerry, for argument's sake. So there is a great opportunity. But I tell you, the team I watched this afternoon was uh, Donegal. And the way they dismantled uh, the, that Armagh um, team in, in the Ulster semi-final was hugely credible. And I tell you, they're, they're a team that certainly will um, put it up to the dubs. And uh, don't be surprised if, if it's Dublin that gets into the All-Ireland final to play maybe Mayo. Who knows? Do you think so that Donegal getting to an Ulster final, winning that comfortably, either Cavan or down, you think in a semi-final they'd be the best bet to beat Dublin? Oh, I think right now. I mean, you know... A couple of years ago, you could name out the two or three players that really were influential on the Donegal team. Even when they won on Lawrence, Michael Murphy, uh, Murphy being the obvious one. The, the McHughes, obviously. Super, Paddy McBrearty. But now they have a, a sprinting of outrageous talent right around the park. From uh, um, Bon Gallagher in corner back, they have a wing half back there. He scored a goal and two points in today. Uh, super. And uh, they're just... Talented from 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 one to fifteen, top class goalkeeper, Patton. Like, I mean, he's he, he, he got huge credit today from the Sky uh, commentators and deservedly so. Like, I mean, but right now, um, Donegal to me have power and pace and just general know-how. And I think if there's any team in the country right now that would put it up to Dublin, I certainly would think it's Donegal. And uh, and maybe look, I mean, we're not quite there yet, Mayo. That is, I think we have a little bit of learning to do. But who knows? In all Ireland's final, if, we, if Mayo got into it on the 9th of December, in whatever kind of conditions, without maybe the, big, the support that is so critical and such an integral part of, uh, of big days, but that obviously is not there right now. So it would be a strange um, all Ireland final to win. Whoever wins it, there'll always be an asterisk after it. But certainly Mayo would take it if we, if we were lucky enough. I think without a doubt. Do you expect Port Joyce to maybe spring a surprise return to a Kevin Walsh-style era of a blanket defence for at least the first few minutes in response to how opened up they were in that league game? You know, it's, it's not part of their DNA or the psyche of, of go with football to play that defensive style. They did have a coach from the north uh, a couple of years ago who oh, I think um, put go with football back a couple of years by playing that ugly defensive style. They're playing off the cuff, expansive, open football uh, pre-COVID in the National League games, albeit they won a couple of those games by a single point. But uh, um, since COVID, they have obviously been opened up by by Mayo and to a lesser extent by uh, by Dublin. So they obviously took some of the learnings from the, 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 their heavy defeat in Tume into Pearce Stadium when they played the Dubs. I do anticipate and expect they will be fearful of the threat like the Tommy Conway, the pace that he has. Kenny O'Connor, like I mean, his know-how and his, you know, Kenny is not blessed with outrageous pace, but he's he has certainly uh, a very very clever wise head on his shoulders, and he's um, if he gets half a chance, they'll be fearful of it. He put it away. They'll be fearful of Aidan O'Shea in the full forward line. They've made a change at in the full back line, so there are a lot of changes made to the team. You know, it's a question of Parry Joyce maybe keeping them very very tight for the opening quarter to the water break. I expect he would be very very keen to do that and stay in the game as long as he possibly can. And, 
if they were lucky enough to uh, um, stay in the game until the, 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 the fourth quarter, anything can happen, particularly in the wet, windy conditions above in, um, in Pierce Stadium. But uh, as I say, I just think that the, the general experience and know-how and of the Mayo team is a little bit um, ahead of uh, Galway right now. And as I said, Galway appear to have a lot of issues and that's, I suppose, um, um, reflected in the number of changes they've made. How have you found the novel introduction of these water breaks? Not not needed uh, um, now in these conditions. Uh, I think it'd be there's no issue in getting a, bo- a bottle of water thrown it onto onto the pitch. Um, we've seen uh, teams that, that uh, it's something we're very very conscious of. I say as a manager, we've talked about it and tried to address it and to remaining uh, remain your focus and your concentration levels when you get back out after that one minute break. Um, I, I don't think they're necessary right now in these conditions. I can understand why water uh, and hydration is critical in any sport, and not uh, and obviously in in wet conditions as well. You've got to hydrate, but I, I think um, modern football right now doesn't doesn't need it. Or uh, um, probably should reflect on that, but I, I don't anticipate they'll change it. I don't like this personally. I don't think it's needed, and uh, certainly with the amount of water that's falling around the place right now, I don't think we need a water break tomorrow in Pierce Stadium. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the irony of it all, them going to get a bottle of water and drowned, like drowned yeah. rats in the, on, on the yeah. pitch. Your time uh, in, in Offaly, you had a very close game against Kildare last weekend, John. You were within touching distance of them, and I suppose until the last few minutes, they pulled away, just winning by four points in the end. They seem to have gotten quite a, a tough scare, and Offaly gave a very good account of themselves. That's the second championship in a row. We we we, we spooked Meath last year in, in, in the opening round of the championship. Uh, we had them on the rack and we just didn't have that killer instinct to put them away. Similarly, last weekend, we were point down at half-time and there was a point in it with five minutes left last weekend in Port Leash. And we had created two goal chances. One of them was cleared off the line in the first half. But we had another fantastic chance for a goal in the second half. And having created a chance, we just weren't ruthless enough. Had we got that elusive goal, it would have propelled us to victory. It would have been worth five or six points to us. But there was a manly performance from Offaly. Like, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're languishing in Division 3. And some of the oppositions we've played in, in the lower divisions have played 14 and 15 behind the ball at times. Uh, and it's, it's quite ugly. It's very, very difficult to break teams down. And what are, very, very, on lots of occasions, difficult wintry conditions and heavy pitches and, and, and occasionally some poor referees. So championship football suits awfully and they've, they've never had a problem stepping up uh, to the mark when it comes to championship and I have to say I was very, very proud of the performance last, uh, last weekend, last Sunday even down Port Leash and they were in the game right to the death and we give certainly the Kildare uh, team the fright of their lives. I think the Paddy Powers had, uh, I think, Kildare down at 2-9. to nine. Um, I think we were 4-1. to one. So that was a bit of an insult in itself but uh, well, they obviously got it right but, uh, but I certainly we had, we had Kildare spooked and was unfortunately, for, from an awful perspective, couldn't get over the line. Will you be staying on in Tullamore for next year, John? Don't, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I, I've taken a bit of time to, to think about it. I've been honest uh, with the lads. Um, I find the, um, the driving tough. Uh, there's no such thing as a contract in, in management irrespective. I know Mickey Hart apparently uh, solves his three-year term. I mean, the reality is your term is dictated by the performance of as dictated by the executive of the county board. Uh, I have no inverted um, commas contract per se. I just rolled it. Uh, and that's the way I said it. Okay? I said, I'll, I'll keep going as long as I enjoy it. And I lopped out, um, or you lopped me out um, when things are not going too well. 
Well, the hardest part that I find is the drive uh, up to uh, Kilcormack a couple of times a week at the weekend. It's, 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 it's a long journey. It's um, 102 or 103 miles. And, you know, if I leave work at half past four on a Tuesday and Thursday, I'm not home until midnight. It's a big chunk of your day gone. And, you know, that's a, um, it's a younger man's game now these days. But uh, I decide over the next week or, or 10 days. You mentioned Mickey Hart there as well. What kind of legacy do you think he will have left now as he's finally bowed out of management? Oh, an incredible one. I think it's, I think it was, I think it was 18 or 19 years involved in management in Tyrone from his minor success right up to under 21s and uh, his um, his All-Ireland uh, title success with Tyrone's um, teams over that. Is it 18 or 19 years he's been involved there? He's just been remarkable. Uh, very, very cool customer. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, one Sean Boylan. Like, I mean, Pierce, uh, very, very calm and collected the sideline and has that appearance that butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. But I'm sure behind it all, the way he has, uh, you know, he's got his team to perform and the way he's got the very best out of Tyrone players and have had a lot of outstanding talent. And I feel it was probably time for Mickey to go, though. I think a um, fresh voice there might re-energize energize Tyrone. Um, you know, himself and Brian Cody have been quite remarkable and year after year, the appetites have shown to, to stay involved have been quite amazing without a break. And, uh, I have to say, I, I, applaud, I applaud him. He's one of the greatest gentlemen and managers that I've come across, and uh, he has done remarkable things for the GA and for his own count, beloved county of Tyrone, and uh, I just wish him well. Reports online this morning have Mayo man Stephen Rochford as one of the core favourites to take the position there in Tyrone. What would you make of that? Well, I mean, I mean rumours circulate. Rumours circulated, I think, yesterday about Aidan Shays and maybe injured going into the tomorrow's game. And rumours circulated earlier on the week about a certain Mayo footballer not being taken off or removed from the panel. Uh, that's a rumour that's obviously gone out there. I don't think, think Stephen will uh, will go into management in Tyrone. I don't think he'll do that. I think, uh, depending on how Donegal get on, um, obviously in the next couple of weeks it will dictate where um, Stephen stays. I think even if they, if they don't win the All-Ireland, I think Stephen will stay involved with that Donegal team for another year at least because uh, he's very excited about the talent he has at his disposal. I've spoken to him on a couple of occasions uh, since he went to Donegal. Um, he, he, he's enjoying it despite the long journey. He really, really enjoys it and he recognises that he's a fantastic uh, bunch of players to work with. They're very, very talented and they're that little bit ahead of Toronto at the moment, but I'm not quite sure if Stephen would take on uh, the role of manager in Tyrone. I don't think so. You'll be disappointed, I'm sure, John, like all Mayo fans, not to be able to be in Salt Hill tomorrow. But of course, we will be able to watch it on RT television from half one. It's totally different to your time trying to see or at least hear the Connacht final in 1995 when you were over deployed in Cyprus. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> that's very, very true. I was um, based out there for, for a year, a 12-month uh, contact with the United Nations, and uh, I, I listened to the Connacht final down uh, um, down the phone line. Uh, it was different areas back then. We didn't have mobile phones. Uh, I certainly didn't have one in 1995. So I had got someone at home to put the uh, to lift the receiver off the telephone and put it down beside the radio to listen to the commentary. And I, and I recall where I went to them that um, evening. The weather, of course, was absolutely fabulous out in the Cyprus. And I remember walking, I was in the United Nations base, and I, I remember walking down to a, um, with, with a local soccer pitch there that we used to use for soccer games against Argentines and others. But uh, 
I remember feeling very, very low for Mayo Football at the time. I think we were well and truly hammered. I don't know, I don't know what the scoreline was, but it was a heavy, heavy defeat. And, you know, we, um, we've we had great battles with Galway down through the years. Even going back to the 60s when the famous uh, um, three Galway three in a row, I mean, Mayo were every much every bit as good as them in, in those days, according to reports. I didn't see any of those games. But, uh, yeah, you know, thank God Mayo improved a lot and uh, we've had some great battles since with Galway. And uh, I recall, I think one, in, in just, I met Willie Joe Martin Carney and uh, Henry Gavin this morning for a cup of coffee, as we do regularly enough. And we were just reminiscing about the the, the, the encounter in Chum when we beat them for the first time. I think it was 1999. They were All-Ireland champions and they were certainly had a very, very... Uh, very good uh, goal side, and we went up and beat them, I think, by four points on that occasion. That was a special memory. But we've had other great battles with Galway, and we've come out on, on, on the good side on occasions, and others, we've um, been beaten by them. But the one thing about a kind of final against Galway, it's quite unique. It's a little bit different than playing the other countries, I feel. There's a great, great, healthy rivalry playing Galway, and great fun and banter and crack. And you miss just the whole excitement of it, and I'm sure I, I speak for thousands and you know, ordinarily in good times, we'd have 30,000 plus at a Galway Mayo final. And it's an awful shame. It is what it is. We can't do anything about it. We just have to suck it up and watch watch from home. And it's great that we have that entertainment. I know an awful lot of people this weekend when I was leaving work yesterday said, oh, look, thank God for the weekend of sport. I just watched, unfortunately, the ladies or ladies being beaten by Armagh there this afternoon. Earlier on, I watched the um, Donegal um, during the Gaul Armagh game this morning we had rugby a different code with the Pumas that beat the All Blacks we have the Masters we are we are lucky enough because this pandemic has us all in a tizzy and we're, we're, we're confused but at least we have wonderful sport to entertain us at home and thank God and I, I just applaud the players from not only from our own code but hurling and football for providing wonderful entertainment incidentally the Offaly Hurlers were beating the Crystal Ring by uh down this afternoon on a penalty shootout. I think it was 3-2 they're beating on penalties. So it's a sad day for us, the hurlers as well, to be beaten. There. Uh, they were hoping to get through to a Christian final to play Kildare, but that, that's a unfortunate for them. But between streaming of games and streaming of club games right throughout the summer when nobody was out go to them, we're, we're blessed that those kind of services were made available to the public and to supporters and to lovers of, of sport. As I say, we've been very, very privileged and very lucky. Yeah, it certainly makes this lockdown a lot easier than the first one when we were bereft of any sort of in- entertainment of the live variety. That is true, Craven, yeah. Excellent stuff. John Mohan, thank you very much for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and enjoy tomorrow's game. Take care, Naki.